Welcome to the Hoop Form NBA podcast. As always, it's Ben Slykerman and Adam Elder here to tackle all of the action that the NBA has been providing us. We had a hell of a week and we're excited to dive deep into all of that. So we're tapped in here at Sunday morning. Before we get into all of that, I do want to touch briefly on this Kelly Oubre situation that was unfortunately uh, hit near his uh, home. Uh, I believe in Philadelphia uh, as he was uh, uh, walking down the sidewalk, it sounds like. So Kelly Oubre expected to recover, but going to miss a significant amount of time here. And for a Philadelphia team that was actually looking, is looking pretty hot right now. And Kelly Oubre, no lie, being a part of that, looking nice as a fit alongside Maxi and Embiid. It's definitely going to be challenging for them because uh, they're going to have to find those that that impact from someone else. Um, doesn't sound like he's going to miss all of the season, uh, but he is going to miss some significant time here. Again, I'm not going to sit here and act like Kelly Oubre is you know, one of the top role players in the league or anything, but he was playing okay. He, he was okay at best. He had a great opening game, like a career opening game. I'm not going to argue with you on the fit, though. I think that he really did. He does have a role there that allows him to be a big shooting guard. But I'm guessing extended period of time means at least January. You know, like I'm guessing this is like two, two and a half months because they're saying it's not season ending. So I'm guessing he'll be back with at least a little bit of leg left, you know, but it's just bizarre. Very bizarre headline to see, you know, do hope he's all right because there's no other details other than he just got hit and that he's in stable conditions. So like you wonder if there's like an investigation going on, if this was like a hit and run. But still, like, how do you miss Kelly Uber? He's like six seven. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's not a he's not a small guy by any means. Um, so yeah, we definitely wish him, uh, you know, a good recovery. And everyone to see something like that happen to anyone. Um, so hopefully the Sixers will be all right. Most likely they will be. Um, and honestly, they probably have bigger fish to fry than that anyway. Just in terms of how their whole drama of the summer and then how they're actually playing very nicely now <laughs> it's just got a just a weird weird energy going on with that they got that, a new coach that, yeah they do and nick nurse i mean he's got them it's really interesting he's got them moving a lot dude exactly that's where there's a lot of motion in that offense he's probably just salivating because he realizes the offensive creators he has in philadelphia are so much better than the mass of three and D wings and <laughs> like strange big unicorn players. The three versions of Pascal Siakam they had in Toronto. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he just had to. Yeah. But with Maxi and Embiid, I think we're seeing that start to really sprout and something. I, I mean, all the news that I've heard this week is that Philadelphia is in for another trade. They're essentially yeah. like, yo, look at us. We want one more. We want a wing. They, that's what they want. What if it's OG? <laughs> So they need to make that trade. What I they what they don't need to make, and there's been mild rumblings of this, is the Zach Levine panic trade. Like, yikes! That's what you don't need to make. And there is mild, mild rumblings there, but I don't think they will. They need to make like the OG Ananobi esque trade. They need, you know, a big wing trade. I think that's the trade. Honestly, if you can retain, I mean, you will retain Maxi and Embiid and you get OG in the middle of that, like that just takes regular effort to fill in the spots around that, especially with OG. And they have the money to spend. 
that's all this is talking about too. Was with Harden without that, Harris is on an expiring. Like they're gonna have another max slot. They're gonna have the money to spend, and they could re-sign OG to a nice deal. Yeah, yeah. The fit is <laughs> the fit alongside. I mean, you think that'd be enough to convince Embiid? That's see, that's that's different territory. That's a whole nother conversation that yeah. we probably don't need to get into right now. So we will <laughs> no, we will keep it that. I was like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> we will keep it moving to the uh, in season tournament that went down Friday night. Some group play games, Adam. And real quick, Adam, I'm going to have you boost your mic. I can see the audio wave up there. It needs to probably come up a little bit. Here we go. Jesus Christ. That turned out. You hear that? What? Can you hear those people shouting next door? Oh, no. <sighs> Great. They're shouting right outside of Sophie's room, so that's awesome. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Okay, yeah, my levels are all the way up right now. Let me just here. Let me. You got that pop filter on, don't you, motherfucker? I feel like I had to reset the connection here. There we go. Let's go. I'm also, just trying to be quiet. No, I know, but uh, for that purpose, we'll just turn you up a little bit because then you can be quiet, but it'll still pick you up louder. Right. Um. All right. We're so we're in season tournament group play on Friday. Is there one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games? Okay. <clears throat> yeah, so the in-season tournament <laughs> group play on Friday was quite an epic night. We had nine games. Um, I started off the night watching the Pistons versus the Sixers. Um, speaking of the Devils there, uh, Sixers ended up winning that game, but the Pistons were competing hard against them for like the first three quarters. Um, so I was pretty impressed with that. Honestly, they're just a young, fast team. They just like to run up and down the court. It's it's pretty fun to watch. Um, you had a mess of other games. Boston pulled out a win on the Nets. Hornets pulled out a win on the Wizards. Uh, Rockets yeah. beat the Pelicans. Wolves beat the Spurs. Jazz beat the Grizzlies. Ugh, Grizzlies just continue to continue to sh- struggle. Um, Taylor Jenkins is not having it either. He had a blow up the other day. I'm sure it's just the massive like pressure. Yeah, I'm sure he's dealing with so much, man. I mean, funny thing about that Pelicans game too. Pelicans and Rockets game. Larry Nance Jr. single handedly lost that game for the Pelicans. Literally threw the Steph Curry behind the back pass with like 40 seconds left on a crucial possession. Just just wasted the ball. Yes, totally. It was insane. Uh, then we had Kings take down the Thunder, and then the two games that we really want to dive into here, uh, kind of the main events of the evening, so to speak. Um, Luca taking souls, and then of course the Lakers grabbing the dub on the Suns. So let's talk Clippers Mavericks first. What a huge win here! We were talking pre pod, it seemed to be basically by the end of the second quarter, it was done for LA. I mean, because they just the, could not keep up with this team. The Mavericks just hit a completely different gear. They got comfortable. 
and then they got in rhythm. And then it was like, yeah, the Clippers were just lost in everything they were doing. I just think they're just comfortable against this team regardless. I just don't think it matters. I think Luka just has completely... I mean, it's how Shea is to the LeBron Lakers, you know what I mean? It's that same energy. He does not care. He's not afraid of them by the least. I love it because... It just did you see Kendrick Perkins like fantastic monologue, like absolutely uh, fantastic. He no, gets up there, t- they're reacting to the end of the Clippers and Mavericks game, and he pulls out his chair, takes off his belt on camera, and just starts <laughs> whipping the chair. And he's like, "Didn't I tell you to pick up your shoes and stuff like that and stop like closing your door?" He was like, "This is what Luka Doncic does to the Los Angeles Clippers every single time." I'm like, "It's so." True. He just absolutely whips them like that. And now Kyrie's there for it. Kyrie had 27 almost just in thin air. Dude, Kyrie is out there fucking playing like Steph Curry. Kyrie is out there running, fucking curling around pin downs, dude, just launching the three. And I'm not saying he's ever been adverse to like catch and shoot threes or playing off ball like that. But like, bro, he's out there like literally playing like Steph, like motion. (laughs) Like, it's insane. Like, I honestly, I'm Completely I mean, eating crow from what I was saying on Kyrie from the first two games. Like I'm just I'm in shock right now. I I think their starting five is actually legit with Lively and Derek Jones Jr. and Grant, Grant Williams. Williams. Grant Williams, I'm like holy shit! I know this dude is a walking just like six open corner threes a game, if not above the break threes, where he's just gonna pull. And you're like, that's a perfect fit around Luca. Derek Jones Jr., like I said in the chat the other day, it feels like there's something Jeff Green about him. Yes. Where he can just fit in and be a role player, but you can't count on him to be like a 16 points guy. But he can but still. He is going to give you a playoff something. game where he hits like three threes. Yes. Exactly. Crucial. And he's going to get a huge block. And he's big. He's six, yeah. seven, dude. And he can yep. play small forward. I feel like they are. And all that means is that you have Maxi and Kleba to bring off the bench. Or um, not Maxi, Maxi Kleba and um, Powell to bring off the bench. So that's mm-hmm. big. You have two bigs you can play together or stagger. And then, you know, I mean, Josh Green hasn't been bad. It's obvious that he's booted from the starting five, though. Jaden Hardy's kind of started to pick it up. He had 11 points in this game. Yeah. Like, it, it's just they all play so well around Luka. And everyone on this team is just ready to catch and shoot. Yep. And you're just like, fuck. They just, Even Kyrie, they that's had. what I love to see, dude. Even Kyrie, it's just like, I mean, honestly, like I'm not even seeing too much of what we normally see from Kyrie, and that's just a shock to me. I'm like, wow, he's really adapting to playing alongside Luka. Like, the first few games, it was really your turn, my turn, but he is really starting to just like assume this off-ball Bro, you role, know and it's kind of like, because James Harden's not, so he can. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I was going to say it, but I was going to even say that though, to James Harden's credit in this game, he was very much trying to play off ball. He took multiple catch and shoot threes in the first that half. I ended up missing the second half of the game. But yeah, I mean, in the first half, he actually was playing off ball. He was catch and shoot, I think at least two attempts. Uh, and then I saw him setting screens too. And I was like, wow, like, what is this? But I, I mean, he does that and they lose. So really, what's effective from this guy? 
I don't I mean, like Andrew's what Paul out. George. I don't like how Paul George is fitting on the floor all of a sudden for the Clippers either. He's kind of like just was, like in the corner. He's kind of just like diving off of screens and really fading hard for threes. And I'm like, he just looks like he has no space. He looks like he's trying to jet himself over like Tatum. Yeah. Every single time. And I'm like, damn, dude. Nobody in the and Kawhi just seems like 65% Kawhi. I mean, the floor is just tight because they have, they're, they're starting two non-shooters. Right. Just period. Like, and then on top of that, two of the uh, guard or the, the two guards that are in there are super ball dominant. So it's like, not only is Russ a non-shooter, but he's ball dominant. James Harden, ball dominant. Yeah, he can shoot, but he's ball dominant. And then Zubak, a non-shooter. Like, it just, the Russ is inevitable. So this was actually really interesting. Um, you listened to the most recent low post, right? With Howard Beck. Yeah. Yep. Beck was referring to basically for the longest time, ever since Russ got to the Clippers, they've basically just been stroking his ego and him moving to the sixth man role has basically been inevitable and is going to happen, especially now that the James Harden trade has been made. But what he's also heard is that people within the organization are looking at that situation and they're like, well, how did that go for the Lakers? You know, like really realistically, I guess. They got headband okay. Yeah, like sure, he looked okay, but like they weren't winning. Like it wasn't winning basketball. And there was other issues there for sure. But I mean, there's plenty of issues in this locker room as well. So it's just like, but is you know what's actually what Beck was inferring was that is it actually leading towards Westbrook getting waived or traded? Yes, like, I know. And like, I'm like, oh my god! Uh, and the thing is, is that you could argue that what Russ did for the Clippers, even in their very short run in the playoffs last year, was above average. Mm-hmm. He seemed to be bought in to play defense, and he just wanted to be a point guard, right? You know, and he played he just wants to set up Kawhi and Paul George. I mean, he loves exactly. the fit alongside Paul George. He loves playing with Paul George. You can tell. I, I know exactly. They, I. That's why I Paul George seems to thrive with him. Exactly because Russ can play like a natural point guard around PG because PG is a big shooting target and a big mm-hmm. everything else target. So it makes it easy for for a guy like Russ that can get nine assists a night. But it just sucks that that's the almost inevitability. And you know, Beck is plugged into. So like, it's not yes. like he's just throwing these things out there. I love Howard Beck, actually. Howard Beck's one of my So do I. Because he's like, he's not afraid to really just put it all out there. And like, like you said, you know, he's connected where like some of these people, I feel like it's all smoke and mirrors. Like Beck, it's like he's been in the game for so long, man. I think he's like 20 plus years. He feels like a seasoned CIA veteran. Yeah. Because he was back. I mean, he was, he went through the lockdowns and stuff. He tells stories about that. So he's been around for a long time, man. He's definitely tapped the fuck in. I love Howard Beck. He's with the ringer now. but yeah, that was just really interesting piece of information to hear from him. I'm like, damn, like if Russ just gets waived from this whole situation, like honestly, I don't know if it was the right move. Like you may have been better off with depth and Russ than bringing in James Harden and I think the whole situation. I think if they waive James Harden, they can expect James Harden to try to walk the next season. You mean Russ? If they waive no, Harden. Russ. You said if they yeah wave. well yeah if they wave Russ I mean I think yeah you said if Harden they wave Harden and then Harden will walk I was like well I have no choice he's fucking waved <laughs> he has to walk that bitch is gone 
But yeah, like if they if they end up waving Russ, I feel like that's really gonna make James Harden upset. Yeah. And obviously he's not past that still in his career. So I just I it's just baffling. It just baffling. keeps it just they look so bad, dude. Like they, they just do gave up against that team. They straight up did. They they really gave up. And the fact of the matter was that they literally only kept up with them for like six and a half minutes. Yeah. And then it just started to all kind of leak back out. And it was like, let's like why start off the first quarter like what three of three? And so did look nice. Um, Harden too. Harden was like three of three. They yeah, both started. Said, Harden off was just launch like, and catch and shoots, dude. And I was like, oh shit, maybe they're actually gonna hit tonight and like try to be silent about it. But no, like the Mavericks all of a sudden just came alive, and Luca was like, nobody on this team can guard me. And it's just at this point, it's just facts. <laughs> like nobody on the Clippers can guard Luka Doncic. And then, and that's what I was gonna say too. So we're we're really down on the Clippers for this game and giving up. And I'm not gonna debate that they most certainly gave up. But let's give fucking Luca his flowers because this guy's the MVP of the league right now, and it's not even close. Mavericks are seven and two. He's, he put, he puts up 44 in this game. Yep. He's already had multiple 30 plus point games. Is he? He's got to be averaging 30, right? Over 30. Oh yeah. Um, let yes. me pull up his basketball reference here. I just, I need to see this man's stat line right now. I'm sure it's ignorant. I got it here. We're looking at 32, 8 and 8 right yep. now. 32.9. I mean, that dude is just fucking killing people right now. On Embiid's doorstep right there. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm overjoyed with how Luca is playing right now. And you know what? He's actually locked in on defense too. Like he yeah. is out there competing. Like he still has his moments where he's bitching at the rest, but like, I've seen multiple possessions where he's actually putting pretty good effort in there. And that's the thing with him. I think all it really takes is some mild effort. Like he's a big body. We've always said that. Uh, mm-hmm. Shooting 51 from the field. He's shooting 41 from three. 61 from two. 61 effective. 78 from the line. I mean, this guy. Nuts. This guy shoots a fucking killer. Could, could up the line percentage for sure. The free throw line is a little so out low, of control, but. dude. That's why you want to see Luca have like, I want to see him take the Mavs like a 60 win season. And that's what I kind of hope is locked in here because if they can keep everybody in this shape, then they will be competing for wins like that all the time. And, and I mean that, that'll be his MVP season right there. Right. I think, I think we might be looking at it. He's given off that vibe and I'm not saying that he hasn't given off that vibe before, but like this almost feels different. Again, we are like nine games into the season. Um, it could change, but right now I'm really loving what I'm seeing. But it's uh, still, let's sh- I feel like we're still holding to the theme we talked about in a recent episode where we said it kind of feels like this year we have a very clear picture of what teams are right now and less of this murkiness like last season. It appears like that a- way. And but we have no I mean, idea. Suns and Los Angeles <laughs> Lakers kind of, I don't know, like, Lakers move Reeves to the bench. And I I was like, okay. Let's see what Austin I think Austin Reeves is okay with that. Maybe. Maybe not secretly. Darvin Ham is bought in on Cam Reddish for whatever if, fucking reason. Because, dude, if Cam Reddish can play shooting guard around D'Angelo Russell and pick up the other team's guard assignment, he's out in front. 
they're trying to Kyle Kuzma him, aren't they? They're, I mean, for God's sakes, give it all it can because Reeves probably should be coming off the bench because of the slow start right now, and it's worth taking a shot on something else. No, Cam honestly, give Reeves a break. Five exactly, give this man is tired, and I just think D'Lo and Reeves is not good enough to be starting one too. I just don't think there's chemistry there. Yeah, I don't think it's there. I think they're both too ball dominant, personally. Right. And I think that Reeves being able to, I mean, at one point, beat D'Angelo Russell, come off the bench and score 18 points is perfect and get a couple assists for this team is nice because, I mean, Rui was back and Rui hit a couple shots. Torian Prince looks fantastic. And Braun is like really taking over point guard when he's out there too. Quite yes, honestly, I saw that out of the Suns game too. I was like, Braun's definitely playing point right now. And, and I, I don't know that. what the coaches are telling him, but he's not listening because this dude. It's like we saw that clip where he's telling him, and I've beaten. I've said this probably two times now since we've recorded. And you saw that clip where he's like, "Y'all know I can play point guard, right?" I feel like at this point, even if they're not telling him to, he's just doing it. Yes, and, and good for I him. Yeah. Exactly. Because if Braun can play point guard around himself, Cam Reddish, Torian Prince, Jared Vanderbilt, and Anthony Davis. And D'Lo's there to just be like a secondary scorer, pretty much. Exactly. And then you have Vincent, D'Lo, Reeves, all coming off the bench. You have Hayes. And then, I mean, you have your full arsenal of role players at your disposal. And I just think that the Lakers need to be trying things like that. Obviously, it worked out. But no, Reddish isn't going to hit from three like that. And they were straight up leaving him open. Like the Suns were letting him shoot and he was yeah. making. So, I mean, that was part of the outlier situation as well. But like... Yeah, he puts up 17 it, in this game. Um, obviously, though, he had the stinker against Miami where he missed multiples, including the game winner. So it's just yes. like... Which I'm not going to give up after on a guy after one game, but maybe a lot of this has to do with Vando being out. I'm sure it does. Um, yes, I think they need Vando to be back. Yeah. So maybe they're just trying to get Reddish's reps now while, before Vando gets back to see if there is something there. Uh, Christian Wood, I'm not saying he had a huge game against the Suns here, definitely not offensively, but one of their best lineups is with AD, Christian Wood, and LeBron James, and it just harkens back to the fucking two big system they ran when they won the championship. And it's like, why mm-hmm. aren't we bought like Christian Wood is actually effective for this team. <laughs> and I'm not saying of they're course. like, they're like great <laughs> right course. now. I mean, fuck they're four and five. So are the Suns. Yeah. That was kind of interesting that they tied thank up. Thank God, dude, they're better than one and nine. They are better thank than God. one and nine, dude. And Christian Wood is making an impact. Um, it's early for a LeBron James team. I'll yes. just say that it's yes. this guy always makes fucking hail marys after the trade deadline. So, like, <laughs> I'm really not concerned. As, I just, as hot as I've been in the group chat, like I, I, I am a little worried, but I'm also not worried. Right. There's there's a lot of open tooling that can go on with this lineup still, and we haven't seen them at full strength. So, and I also have faith that Gabe Vincent will somehow resemble an NBA player once again. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be this bad. I'm going to transition into one of my make or misses right off of this, but I do want to talk to Suns before we do that. Kevin Durant puts up, oh, by the way, LeBron James, 32 in this game. Um, no minute restriction. <laughs> uh, that's laughable. Uh, but Kevin Durant, 38, 
in a loss. Uh, seemed to me they were basically like Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, you can go ahead and get yours, but everyone else, you're done. Like, that's kind of what they did, and it worked. Mm-hmm. I wasn't very impressed with Nurkic, even though it's he just, was able to yeah. grab seven assists and 14 points. They still lose. It just seems like when the lights are the brightest, that's when Nurkic shies away. Like when the, the clutch situations where you actually need him. Um, but and then the rest of this cast too, I mean, uh, Grayson Allen, Eric Gordon, Drew Eubanks, Josh Akogi. I just, yeah, they're just mid. They're just mid, dude. Like, I just don't have too much faith. Um, Bradley Beal had a nice game again. I mean, 24 points. Uh, he had that real nice take that you sent to the chat. Yeah, that was nuts, dude. Absolutely that love that. It just it shows you what Bradley Beal is going to be for this team, though, too. And I mean, KD's averaging 30 a game. Booker's out here looking like point book, and then Bradley Beal's doing that. You have to think at one point. I, it's just it's like... Just they can't all yes, be on the, the floor together, though, it seems like. That, and also, there's no defensive identity to this team. And no yeah. almost defensive ability to this team. Mm-hmm. And, and all three like, of these guys are a health question mark. And that's not even hot. And the, but, I mean, we've had the battles already for KD. KD versus Wemby, and now KD versus LeBron. Wemby gets the first time two on KD, bro. And this is the second win LeBron's gotten on KD this season, too, I think. I think two of their wins are against the Suns. That's just, I mean, to me, that's a good sign for the Lakers because yes. the Suns are still going to be a top five team. Yeah, you're going you're you're to probably face them in the playoffs. Exactly. Like, they're going to be one of the teams that you may have to face. So for them to be playing like this against them, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's good. It's a good sign. And maybe LeBron likes the Miami Heat ideology of playing close games all the time, just so you're you're hardened for the clutch <laughs> when it matters most. I don't know. I don't know. He seems par- apparently fairly uh, a fair amount of animosity toward Miami for some reason. Um, actually, so his recent Who comments. Uh, I want to roll right into one of my first maker misses here off of that, and it is in regard to this Lakers team. I got to admit, I'm kind of biting this from another show. Um, but they posed this question and I just, I wanted, I wanted to throw it at you because I am mildly unimpressed with Cam Reddish. I'm not convinced. Uh, I'm not really convinced of Torian Prince, even though he has been decent. I'm certainly not convinced of D- D'Lo. Uh, I even have questions about Rui. So Adam, I'll throw it at you. Make or miss. And again, guys, for those that don't know, make or miss, uh, make is a real, uh, miss is fake. So it's kind of that same idea. But make or miss, the Lakers offseason was overrated. Miss. I'm still saying miss. Because they're closer to average than we realize, and they're not a bad team. And I think that Darvin Ham obviously isn't afraid to tool around with the lineup. He wants to be mini Ty Lue. You know, like he wants to find the best possible lineup that this team can extract. Maybe it is with Chris. Maybe we do see a Christian Wood 11 game starting streak in December because we want to work out something like that in the two bigs. But I think right now they just, they're, they're still too full of competent NBA players as much as we want to hate on 
D'Lo's def- offensive ability. As much as we want to say Gabe Vincent just, you know, doesn't look like a normal shooter, like these guys, I feel like, are still competent, knowing NBA players that have to fall into a system that hasn't had continuity in two, three years. So they, it takes time for them. And I, I have faith that the Lakers will still be like a top four team. I think they will strive for that this season because that's what LeBron wants. LeBron says, I'm not doing this six, seven playing tournament bullshit anymore. Yeah, I'm not trying you to know, fucking like, grind through fucking two games just to get into the playoffs. And that's why we're seeing Point Braun come out because Braun's like, I'm fucking winning. Yeah. I'm not playing 29 minutes a game. So I know where you're coming from because but I, cause I've definitely felt the Lakers' fear this week, like intensely. I've just been like averse from, to wanting to watch some of these games. I didn't actually watch the Suns-Lakers game, but like I saw some of the highlights and it just gave me relief that they at least won because I'm just like, they look so tired and like sluggish and Reeves looks tired and I'm like that's really not good yeah the Reeves thing is honestly I think that's probably been their biggest hindrance so far um uh, with the way Kyrie's playing now I think I'm kind of shifting away from the Kyrie to the Lakers trade although it's a long season we don't we don't know what will happen it could still happen uh knowing that guy's history um, and again, knowing how LeBron teams operate, especially at the deadline, but I would say miss as well. Uh, when I asked myself this question and when I was, uh, initially thought about it, I kind of, kind of wanted to lean make, but I don't want to be that negative about, about this team. So I mean, I am going right. to give them the benefit <laughs> of the doubt, uh, even though that fear is there, uh, with a four and five start, it's, it is better than like one and nine or two and nine, like you said. So. We'll see, though. We'll see what happens here. Um, this could change for sure. I mean, by, if you ask me this question midseason, it could be, could be a make. So uh, we'll, we will see for sure. How about you go ahead and hit us with one of your maker misses for today, Adam? Let's get hot on something current. I'm saying maker miss, the in season tournament will not last more than three years. Hmm. With how fairly unsubstantial it's been so far, like in terms of impact, because I I feel like it really has done nothing. Uh, I know. I think Friday right. night games are Friday night games, regardless, and sometimes they're great, sometimes they're not. I think Tuesday night games are Tuesday night games. Regardless, sometimes they're great, sometimes they're not. I think basketball is just basketball. And again, it's like last night, everything was a blowout. And I, it's not an in-season tournament game, but that's just the, the nature of this sport. And just sports in general is sometimes games just suck. Sometimes games are really exciting. So this whole idea that these games are going to feel different, other than the visual aspect of it, they really don't feel any different. And the visual what aspect I will is say, whole. Yeah, it's for the most part, it's not even attractive. Um, uh, some would argue different, but I, I think me and you kind of align there on that. I think what ultimately will keep this alive is it will evolve and change to have some sort of impact in terms of what teams get out of it. Um, I think it's going to result in like you secure a playoff spot or you secure or you get a pick who your playoff opponent is. I think that incentive is going to be added 
in order to entice these teams more because that's what's going to bring the fans into it. Because right now, most of these players don't even really know what the fuck is going on if you ask them. Right. At least that's what they're leading on to. Well, it's a confusing um, system, you know, like the whole group play thing. Yeah, yeah. I say all of it to say, though, I, I don't think it'll go away. Um, I think the the outlook of it right now would lend me to think so. But I think ultimately, Adam Silver wants this so fucking bad. Yes. The Bill Simmons cult wants this so fucking bad that and they're like basically taking credit now for like inventing it too i don't know if you've heard that energy what? from the ringer but no uh, yeah yeah no definitely um so i just think for that reason it's going to survive i think they will add more incentives to make the teams care as this as this progresses in order to make these games actually matter and entertaining to the point that these teams are competing at an, like an extremely high level in like october because right now it's just your average mm-hmm. basketball. I mean, some nights are crazy, some nights aren't. You know what I mean? And that's just yes, right, exactly. <laughs> I was disappointed last night because every game was pretty much a blowout, like except for the just, Cavs and Warriors. I mean, it kind of went back and forth though. Yeah, yeah, and we'll probably touch on that through make or misses here. But and if not, we'll just hit that game at the end. But that's my point. Is ultimately, I think that is a is a miss because I think they will do enough to make it actually work. Right, uh, they, the playing tournament is working now. Um, and you know, I think they just, they believe in their brain trust and they don't want to look like failures yep. and silver's just obsessed with that Euro league energy. So that's soccer energy. Yeah. And it's fine. I mean, I'm not, I'm not mad. All right. Make or miss Adam. Looking at the Minnesota Timberwolves. Since six and two right now with three bigs on their team. Make or miss, the Timberwolves will not trade Carl Anthony Towns this season. Make. Firmly make. They're bought in. They're bought in on Cat, dude. They are bought in on Cat. I don't think they're selling anyone this year because they want to see how far it can go. I think that's worthwhile for their own protest too. Like, they have a good group of young guys that they have, you know, acquired through the draft or trade like Rudy Gobert. But I mean, it's just this whole idea came to me when I first saw a lot of the advanced stats. I was just like, well, now the Timberwolves are this insane defense and they are just having this natural rise because of how good Jaden McDaniels is and how effortless it's looking for Ant to maneuver the floor around the bigs. And Gobert is a walking, quote-unquote, top-five defense by himself. And I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know about this team because, I mean, Mike Conley should fit in naturally to a defensive-oriented team as well. But I'm just like... I think that they're really bought in and they don't want to trade. And then the other night, the Om Young Music Mizuk podcast, I think it was, or the Lopos, mm-hmm. where they were talking about the Clippers to start off. Somebody said that the Suns should just, quote unquote, just trade for Nas Reed. I was yeah, because like, okay, that's totally possible. Right. I know. I was like, are you kidding me? Are you banks? Yeah, I'm like, who are the Suns going to trade for Nas Reed? Like, you're not getting him. Yeah. He just re-upped on a friendly deal. Like, yeah. 
there and has like on, and is on timeline with Anthony Edwards. Right, exactly. So it's like <laughs> they they are not going to move him. The only yeah. valid trade I would say it is there is uh, Okongwu. If it was a straight up swap of Reed and Okongwu, maybe because Okongwu maybe. would just be such a good small ball fit, or not even just like he could play down to the four. I I just don't think they move on Reed at all right now. Yeah. I think he's no, I'm I'm there with you. Right, I like it was just floated out there so. I don't even know, just carelessly. I was just like, they are not moving him for just anything. Absolutely not. Yeah, I mean, they're winners of their last five games here. Anthony Edwards, 27-6-5 right now on his stat line. Looking very nice. Looking like he's taken that leap that everyone was kind of thinking he was going to. Um, he's shooting 50% from the field, 40% from three on six attempts. Um, an effective field goal of 56, 80 from the line. Looking pretty fucking nice, honestly. I know. <laughs> uh, he is definitely the guy um, that's already been far established. I think with Carl Anthony Towns, what it's going to come down to is him accepting not being the guy because I think he still kind of has that energy about him, the way he talks about himself. Oh, for sure. Uh, and if it is going to work, which I think it will last at least this season, I don't think they make the trade this season. Uh, but if it's going to work long term, it's going to come down to this guy accepting that he's not it. Um, I think it'll be this offseason. You think they move him? I think that there will be more of an opportunity for them to move him in the offseason. Yeah. But I, I think right now, yeah, they're locked in. They're not, they're not trading. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, they're, we're winners. Like I said, winners are their last five. Um, their next game, I think they have a game tonight against the Grizzlies. Let me look. Um, that's an easy dub for them they're going to eat lunch on the Grizzlies let's see here no Warriors they got the Warriors today at 8.30 at the Ugh. Warriors they might just uh, snuff that out too I think they will snuff that out the Warriors are looking rough uh, let's go ahead and keep it moving though Adam go ahead and throw your next one out there number two so, for you actually familiar territory here and I was telling you about this one the other day the Memphis Grizzlies with okay. Marcus Smart the revamped Memphis Grizzlies with Derek Rose Marcus Smart Desmond Bain Looks like a nice team on paper to just maybe wade through the West and win a couple games here and there with experience and quote-unquote grit. <laughs> but, like, they look bad. Jaw is not back for 18 more games. 18, 19 more games. Yeah, I think we're right around that mark, yeah. Uh, probably and, a little less than that because I think it was a 26-game suspension or 25-game suspension. We're about 10 games in, so, like, 15-ish, 16-ish. But yeah, like it's just, you know, it's very possible that they end that entire stretch like 6 and 19. Yeah. Very possible. And my, I mean, my take on this, make or miss, the Grizzlies are going to miss the play-in this year. Intentionally. I think that they are Portland Trailblazer-ing it with Damian Lillard and the core issue. Let Jaw come back. If he's godly for like 36 or 37 games, you let him play out the rest of the season. But if he's just mid because the team has no size or depth, then you just maybe come up with another injury to rest him. Shut him down. Get one more, get one more lottery pick. Yep. Look for a five. That's all you're looking for is a five to play around Jaron Jackson. 
I don't even know who's in the draft. Neither do I. Dude. I have not a clue. But like, I don't know. I'm just like, that's all I think about right now watching the Grizzlies. I'm just like, they are that bad and they look that bad. <laughs> I'll almost say that, and I think I mentioned this to you the other night when you first brought this take up to me. Um, I think they're having to pivot to that. So I will say make, but I don't think it's like what they want. I mean, it's definitely not what they wanted at all. They definitely right. did not want oh, Steven yeah. Adams to go down. They definitely didn't want Jaw to be out like this. It's just not what they wanted. So I think they are going to kind of pivot to that. They're like, fuck, maybe we should might as well just get a draft pick out of this. Like, what's the fuck? I mean, it's not a bad option because everyone in the, involved in this core is young. Yeah. And has been bagged. So, yeah, and I think everyone's years. completely invested too into what they're doing as well. I think the 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 three of Bain, um, Morant, and Jackson. I mean, I think they're completely invested. Exactly. It's just it, there's also the element too that they really do, they have to get shit back on track more than they realize because yes, I mean lesser things have derailed talented teams. Yes, absolutely. And what they're going through. So. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, cons- I'm actually concerned by them because I don't think that they could have accidentally just walked into one and six. Like, there's problems. Yeah. I mean, they just look one bad. and nine. Yeah. I, mean, I, know no, I think saying, they're two and seven or something. I know you're saying Taylor Jenkins, you know, is, is hot right now. They're one and eight right now. Um, they got the Clippers today at 3 30. That probably would be a win for the Clippers, unfortunately. And I know you're I saying mean, Taylor Jenkins looks really upset right now, but I'm just wondering. I mean, is he really long for this situation? That might be something to consider too because I think that they... I'm going to call miss on that because I think that he has like probably two max year. If it really ended this bad the end of this year and then they flat tired next season, then I think his seat gets hot. I think right now they're just like, yeah, you know, Taylor, this is a frustrating year for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's I mean, frustrating he's obviously here. beyond his. I mean, he's don't you think they're having the same conversation with Desmond Bain too? Like, look, Desmond, we know this is just going to be a tough year. Yeah, we're sorry, buddy. We really yeah. are. Yeah, but he honestly probably loves it. I mean, he should. He's part of the shit talking core. Put up thirty-seven game points the other yeah, night. He did, <laughs> and they're in their one control. win, and their one win. <laughs> uh, that's that's it's a tough situation for them. It's going to be a long year for them, and we'll see what they do for sure. Uh, Adam, this one's going to hit close to home, but I got to put it out there. Was that that was your second one, right? Yep. Okay, so this is my third one. This will be my last one for the day. This one's going to hit close to home. You know where I'm going, Adam. I'm going to Milwaukee. We're pulling up, make or miss. Adrian Griffin was just the wrong hire for what the Bucks need. Just looks in over his head out there. I'm not. I'm not putting ten, it ten all on games. him. Ten I'm not games. putting it all on him because there's a lot wrong here. I just don't know if the Ricky head coach was a smart idea when you're trying to win a chip. I just, okay, yeah, I will agree with that. I'll definitely agree with that. I think that they got too comfortable with watching what Boston's doing. You know, they're like, oh, rookie head coach. Effect. Yeah. And like, I mean, there's just that first season of weird regression. Guys get counted out of the system, weirdly. You know, like... You lose Terry Stotts, who's like your rock, who is apparently the rock. Who walks mysteriously on the first day. Yep. 
And that has made me just wonder if there is like tension. Because I'm sure and, Milwaukee didn't enjoy seeing Dame dap up Jimmy twice this season. Right. You know, like very publicly, ESPN's like, oh my God, Dame and Jimmy dap up. They're such great friends. But I mean, the Bucks aren't stupid. They know that guys talk and that's what gets yep. organizations moving. Yep. Because Almost. it's just, it's, it's insane to me. I'm not, I'm not liking all of the vibes that are coming out of Milwaukee with Dame right now. And it just makes me kind of pissed off, actually. Does it make you sick? It makes me a little sick because I hate this roller coaster already. Because when it happened, I was ready to accept. I was like, yes, okay. Lock it in, title favorites. Yes. Let Giannis. But then I watched Giannis play this year and I'm like, I don't know if he's trying to bully himself back into shape or if he's just really only concerned with playing at 98 miles an hour now. Like for some reason, Giannis is speeding back up. I'm like, this can't, this needs to go the other way. What I'm confused about is like, where are these post moves that he got from Hakeem this summer? Nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. I mean, uh, like, his bag looks the exact same around the rim. If anything, well, he's, he's just not using it that much. It seems to be like he's taking a lot of pull ups. Yeah, he loves the, he wants the above the break three. He wants the very top of the line three. Yeah, I'm he confused at how shot. he's playing right now, honestly. Um, they look bad. I mean, they lost that tough one against the Pacers the other night. Um, yeah. Where well, Giannis was, 50. Piece. It was within their reach, man. But the Pacers are just good. And like that's, that's something they that score I... score a lot of points. They score a lot of points. And they just seem to fucking outwork. They just outworked them. And I'm sorry on a team with Giannis Antetokounmpo, Dame Lillard, Chris Middleton. You should not be getting outworked. I know. I know. It just seems like some they of the are depth playing they have on the team. Like, yeah, I know. Like, they have Jake Crowder. They have Pat Connaughton. They, they have Brooke Bochamp. Lopez. They got Bobby Portis. Like, these right. are championship players. Indiana Pacers are fucking young. <laughs> They're young as shit. They're running, though. I just. Bucks ah. just, that's part of it, too. They look slow. So you're not going to put this all on Adrian Griffin. You're going to say miss on this. I mean, I'm not saying you should put it all on him, but I just, I don't think that was a smart move. I just don't think right now it's even clear to see what his basketball philosophy is. Like that's how missing. Yeah. There's no identity right now. They don't have an, their defense is just gone. Their defensive identity does not exist. And you just just look at the fact that that was holiday pretty much. It had to have just been holiday. That, it, that, that wasn't well, Bud at all. That was just Holiday setting the tone. I think it was Bud. I think it was Bud knew how Brooke Lopez needed to be treated. He just knew how each of these guys needed to be treated on defense. Yeah. It's not even that there was an extenuating system, obviously. Like they, they just, he knew how they needed to play and where to put them. Mm-hmm. It's nuts. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's sad to see right now that they're kind of, I mean, there's still what, five and three, five and two or five and three. Uh, I think they're three and five. Hang on. I just had them pulled up here. Uh, no, they're definitely because they, they were five and two before this Pacers game. They're below. They're like 500, I think. Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, uh, oh, five and four. four. They're five and four. They're just a touch above. Oh, yeah. I just hate this roller coaster that we're on right now with Dame. Oh, and uh, coach was tossed. Was Griffin tossed the other night? 
Yeah, he was. He was tossed to that Pacers game. I guess I didn't realize that. Dame didn't already play, right? He was out. Yeah. It's a tough loss. I mean, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm very concerned if I'm a Milwaukee fan and I'm, it's not even hot. I know that people keep saying, oh, 20 games, 20 games. Well, we were saying that three games ago and it isn't looking <laughs> any better three games in. So three games into that next 20 games, it hasn't looked good. So I'll just say that. Adam, hit us with your last one here. This can be a quick one here. Let's just shit on this one because it's a total miss. The Clippers will eventually click and go on a 10-game win streak. See, I think that probably will happen, so I'm not going to say miss. Oh, that damn. will happen. There <laughs> is going to be a point where this team figures it out. And, and they just start doing shit. Yeah, because it's what James Harden does. Yeah. That's just like what James Harden wins. does. Yeah. And at this point, it's kind of what Kawhi does too. Kawhi has flashes, so yeah, I he think, has I think Charlotte it's like, Hornets game winners. Yeah, <laughs> I think it will be a make. I think they're gonna have a moment where they click, and it may result or it may happen after they move Russ to the bench or whatever, um, and they really kind of straighten out that starting lineup because right now that's that's the biggest L that they're taking. It's yep. just running that starting lineup. It just doesn't make sense. It's making it things so awkward for Kawhi and Paul George. Um, so tight. It just doesn't make sense. So, I'll say make. I say they do straighten out the lineup and figure it out. I mean, I don't want them to. I just want them to have just an absolute disaster of a season. But (laughs) (laughs) seventh seed Clippers. Yeah, dude, playing tournament. You know my feelings about this team. So, oh yeah, that's well. That's why I had to put it out there too, because I was like, in in a realistic world, they do click and make it. They should. They should. Like Zach Lowe put it great the other day on his episode, man, to harken back to him. He's just always so good. That's, you have to. Um, he was talking about Paul George post game, and and the, I think it was, was it the Mavericks loss or was it before the Mavericks? It was before the Mavericks loss. I can't remember who they lost to, but he was like, you know, I'm just now going to try to get worked up about this. You know, we got a lot of talent on the floor. We just got to figure it out. And Zach Lowe's like, can't, can't you? Or he said, I'm not going to get too worried about this. He's like, can't you? Can't you get worried about it? Because it basically seems like you guys haven't been worried about it the whole time you've been here. Yes, I know. You're just not fucking worried about it. Right. Like, please care. Like, can you show some fucking drive here? No, no, no. The winds winds will come. The winds will come. These fucking guys, man. I just, I can't with them. They're they're, they're insufferable. Bubble championship. Huh? They are insufferable. What'd you it's say always been a part of, I, they they just didn't want to compete for a bubble championship. Yeah. It didn't feel right. It's like whatever. Yeah. If you would have won that chip instead of the Lakers, imagine the Oh my time. God. Oh my God, dude. They would have been like, yeah. we won not only did we finally win our first championship, we won the most difficult championship yes. of all time. <laughs> Mental yeah. games. Yeah. Paul George. Is- that would have been the entire... They would have never stopped talking about it on Oh, the my God. Paul George would just be the greatest of all time at this point if they would have won that chip. But here's yeah. the thing. They didn't because they're not. Because <laughs> yep. he's just not that good. Like, yes, there's a lot of talent there, but, man, he's just never, never there when it counts. I don't, I'm just... I'm over it. I'm so over it. But, yeah, they'll have regular season wins. And Ty Lue's a good coach. Eventually, yep. he's going to be able to straighten that out. Eventually, when they let Ty Lue... He's going back to Cleveland next year. 
I hope so. Honestly, get, <laughs> get awesome. first off, ship JB. I've been on that for like two seasons now. <laughs> and get Ty Lue back in get there. Get Ty Lue back <laughs> to Cleveland, man. Please. That would be awesome, actually. Uh, speaking of Cleveland, let's hit that game really quick and then we'll we'll close out here with one more take. Last night, Cleveland Cavaliers grab a win on some some of their one of their old foes there in the Golden State Warriors. Um, it was a tough game, honestly, for both teams. They kept it fairly close, but the Warriors just looked outclassed for the most part. Um, the Chris Paul fit is still weird. There was multiple possessions last night where like Chris Paul is wide open from three off of a kick from Steph because the defense is completely shifted. But Chris Paul has no range anymore and cannot knock down that three. So it's almost like, what did you want? Um, did you want that shot to go to Jordan Poole or did you want it to go to Chris Paul? Because Chris <laughs> Paul can't even take the fucking shot. Chris Paul drives, does a pump fake and drives in off of that and kicks it out to Jonathan Kamiga, who completely beefs on a fucking floater. So <laughs> It's true. I'm, I'm just confused. Unless Kamiga can just size up dunk around the rim, then he's not going to probably make it. Yeah, the, the fit just does not look good, dude. Like, the opportunities that Chris that is are being created are not opportunities that Chris Paul can capitalize on. They're just not. The Warriors looks like that for sure. But then I also think that the Cavs just played smartly last night. They were playing athletic and ready to shoot. Evan Mobley was beasting on people too. Absolutely beasting on people. He was present and aware of all putback situations. I I liked what I saw from the Cavs. I, I think that they, they did just it by committee last night. night. They had right. one, two, three, four, five, six guys in double digits. And I mean, Mitch is out here. He told me just in the chat 20 minutes ago, uh, or uh, DG shouldn't be grabbing more rebounds than Mobley and Allen. I'm like, they were making space for him to grab those and yes. then run in transition. Exactly. I'm it's like, a, that's actually what kind works. of what you want. <laughs> exactly. I was yeah. like, they kind of like what the space. bigs do for Luca. Right. They just yeah. have to make that space for him to create. And then yeah. he had this fantastic stretch where he he took this really difficult back foot jump shot. I forget who was defending him, but the Warriors just got lazy. They grabbed the rebound. They were taking their time turning their heads in transition and the Cavs had already fled. But mm-hmm. Darius Garland like hid in plain sight at midcourt and then here comes the transi- the outlet pass to midcourt. Garland just runs up and steals it out of nowhere like he was hidden the whole time and then goes back for the layup. Like that's why the Cavs can be a successful team. Yep. If they are actually ho- trying hard and playing on defense and Don is invested. I know we want to shit on Don, but I feel like even games last night can kind of prove that we're probably talking a little bit of shit on Don being just ready to be out. Ready to be out because like you can, uh, the whole situation with Draymond, like that, he's doing that to really help the team. Like they clearly were t- like, okay, so they had the whole situation. Draymond shoves him transition for no reason. Don was clearly enticing him to yes. get tossed out of the game. Like Don is working that hard to win a game. I don't think he's like completely out on this team. Right. Like, and I mean, you see guys like Max shit like that. Right. And he knows he's the best player on the team. When the best players doing that, that fires everyone up and shows yep. a physical presence that the Cavs need to show. Yep. And then you have guys like, I mean, thank God Dean Wade seemed to make two of the most important threes he's ever made in his life to start off that fourth quarter that just put the Warriors to bed. But mm-hmm. like, Struess is just ready to fire. 
And the Cavs need that. Yeah. Like there was just a bang, bang play where it was one pass inbound. Garland takes it 20 feet, slings over to Struess, who doesn't even think about pulling up an 18 second on the shot clock three. I'm like, they need that. They look good right now. I, I like what the Cavs are doing. I hope that they're not going to be bad. I wish that we could watch them more, but we're blacked out. I got that Valley, Valley Sports seven-day free trial, bro. And I honestly, Damn, I dude, it, I put in an old Cash App card number and it worked. Just let it. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just that's how down bad they are. I'm just going to keep putting in new card number and get a fake and get a new free trial and so I can watch the Cavs all season. Karis Levert aliases too. Karis Levert looked great last night. 22 points, five rebounds, three assists, 36 minutes on the floor. Like I said, I mean, all these guys looked great last night. You had 16 from Struess, 19 from Mobley. Jared Allen put up 12. You had 19 from Garland, 21 from Mitchell. What I loved from Allen was he's a, he was aggressive at finishing at the rim in that first yes. half. He had went, I think he went to the line like three times in the first half. I'm like, that's nice. go. I'm like, let's do that. Let's do that every game. I so, like when he dunks on people's heads. Oh, I love it. It looks so good. It's just so disrespectfully like clanky and so uncoordinated. <laughs> it's like he's got bounce though, dude. He does. He does. Uh, warrior side of things. Again, I talked the Chris Paul fit continues to look awkward. We were talking pre pod. Um, Clay Thompson just not looking great at all. Yeah. Uh, I just I think that's over the hill, unfortunately, and it's not his fault by any means. He went through two devastating injuries. Draymond Green, of course, gets tossed, makes an absolute scene. Um, I'm not saying Don was right in his response, but Draymond basically started this whole situation and then running around, hyping up the crowd as he's supposed to be getting tossed. The guy's trying to escort him out. He wouldn't listen. He goes up, he daps, daps up Kaminga. That was dumb. Yeah. He daps up Wiggins, Looney, and Steph all before leaving. And they're like completely cool with it too. Like, what's next? Are you going to fucking high five Steve Kerr? Like, because I mean, at what point is Draymond not going to? run up to you in your face in the locker room and start yelling at you then too. That you didn't dap him up. When yeah, that you're not on. Yeah. yeah, like what the fuck, man. Yeah, I just, I, that guy's energy is just always off for off. me. And then Andrew Wiggins to me just looks dejected. I think he's done with you this think situation. So? I think he's done with this situation. I don't think he wants to be here anymore. You think he just walks? Like at the I end of his might. contract? I think he's just he like, might. I'm done with this shit. Yeah. I would love that, honestly. If he could actually pull that off, I would love that. That would be something good because, and then the Warriors would try to glorify him, but I don't think he'd be back for that. Maybe he is kind of done with that because I he just there seems uninterested mental, out there. Yes. There has to be a mental reason he can't score more than 16 points in a game. Yeah. And that his shot just looks totally and completely flat sometimes. 13 last night, to your point. I'm just like, yeah, maybe you're right. He just looks on. He's just uninvested. Yeah, I think the the shine is kind of rubbed off. Um, and you know he had a rough season Damn. last year. He missed a lot of time. You don't know. Yes, it's still kind of uh, uh, it's still kind of unknown what was going on in his personal life and stuff. So things like that could be still affecting him too. Um, I don't think he's a fan of this culture. I really don't. I'm wondering what his opinion on Draymond is, honestly. I mean, I'm sure he would publicly stand with Draymond, but like, I don't know, maybe because Draymond is just that abrasive. 
Yeah. Fuck. So, <laughs> just, just, just some thoughts I had last night watching him on the floor. Um, and then hearkening back to like what you say, like that, that 16 point like cap feels like ceiling. Um, so yeah, the Warriors not looking great. Love to see it. <laughs> I mean, they're, again, they're six and four. They're not terrible. They're six and four. They have a better record than the Milwaukee Bucks by a game. They fuck. They have a better record than the Cavs who beat them last night. Um, but just not looking like themselves by any means. So yeah, the fear is not fun. strong. It's still fun to just, you know, Cavs beat the Warriors last night in, you know, San Francisco. So yeah, that's a good feeling. It's always a classic dub for that. Classic dub. All right, Adam, let's go ahead and wrap it up there. As always, stay engaged with us across social media at the Dip Network. Stay tapped into all the content we're giving you. Give us a five-star review on whatever streaming service you enjoy listening to us on. Uh, definitely give us great, great reviews and compliments. We love to hear it. Helps the algorithm as well. So stay tapped in and we'll keep bringing you all the content that you need this NBA season. Adam Elder, one more take. Ohio State is going to drop in the college football playoff standings. And how? They just dropped fucking 40 practically on Michigan State. Because Georgia had a better win against oh the top ten team. God, college football is dumb sometimes, dude. With the we act like NBA refs are so bad about their machine response to things. Ohio State looks nice. They look good. They look good. I enjoyed watching them yesterday. Oh no, my actual one was uh, Michigan should be tried to the full extent of the law because they are cheaters. Look, I'll just fucking put this out there. Everyone, everyone is cheating. If we know anything about (laughs) college football, everyone has been cheating in college football from the dawn of time. That's why every few years there's a scandal about a new team that is cheating. They all fucking cheat. They're incentivized to cheat, dude. Think about all the resources they have at their disposal. You have million dollar camera systems. I got nothing, dude. I literally got nothing. I got nothing. I'm sitting here trying to come up with one more take. I can't come up with one. This episode's over. We're out. Peace.